How to migrate your analytics to GA4. InSearch SEO Podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Welcome to the final part of a three-part discussion about Google Analytics 4. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at how we migrate to GA4. Taking part are Jeff Sauer, founder of Jefflytics and Data Driven You, Bree Anderson, owner at Beast Analytics, Joe Quick, analytics consultant and trainer from the Colouring In department, and Dara Fitzgerald, CEO and co-founder at Measure Lab. Jeff, what steps do we need to take to migrate to GA4? Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of ways to look at migration. Um, short, shameless plug. We have a free lead magnet that is a migration guide. So maybe I can put that into the notes with this thing, but it's just like a step. It's like a 50 page PDF with a checklist of what you can do to migrate. So sure. as you can imagine, 50 page checklist versus like a two minute soundbite, there's, there, it's, we're just going to scratch the surface here. Um, but migration ultimately comes down to, I think the easiest thing to do is to, is to treat your migration just like you treat GA4 with the data as a fresh start. <laughs> so a new way to look at things. So my first recommendation when I teach is to actually reset your strategy for 2023 or whatever year you're living in first before you measure anything. Um, a lot of people, their strategy for measurement is actually the exact same interface buttons that were in Universal Analytics. So they didn't actually have a strategy. They just put in there whatever Google told them was their strategy, right? So I think it's a good time to actually develop a strategy for the first time and to mature as a business if you haven't done it yet. And and in doing that, you'll probably find that less is more. You don't need as many things. You don't need a lot of this this data. And so simple will feel, make you feel better if you only have three things you're trying to track or that really are important to you. doesn't mean you don't need to collect the other stuff, but it means that you're only reporting on the things that are important to you. So strategy first is really important, and it's the perfect time to do it because there's no old strategy. There's no person who used to work before you on the analytics account strategy in place. There's no gaps to explain. There's no like anything that you have to worry about. Because we have you have nothing. You're starting from zero with GA4, right? So that's the first thing is reset your strategy. And then from my migration perspective, a few things are easy and some things are really hard and some things are nigh impossible. Um, the the easy ones are just getting the code in place. It's basically the same thing. Like there's really not that much of a difference. However, you put the old code on, you can do the same thing for the new code. Um, if you want to do event tracking, you know, um, however you put the old event code on place you can do the same method for the new event paradigm. Now, this is where it gets tricky. Old events were a weird open data structure. You had category, action, label, value, four different things, but they had no hierarchy, really, and not not enforced hierarchy. Um, now we have event name, and then we have event parameters. And you can map like your category, your event category might be your name, whatever, however you want to do that. Your label may be your name, um, but then the parameters actually are equal to each other. And then they don't even show up in the interface unless you define them as custom dimensions and metrics. And so you have this problem where you need to adjust to the data structure. There's a setting in GA4 that says migrate my universal analytics events. Do not touch that. Turn that off. Do not just just put tape over it and say, don't touch. Um, that's a bad idea. Um, so there's a lot of planning on your old events. That's actually the most thoughtful thing that a lot of us need to do is old event, new event, especially on established websites. Then we get stuff like e-commerce. 
Um, e-commerce is either really easy if if your platform has an integration with GA4 or you or you have developers who are working with you. Um, but it's the nigh impossible if you're on like something where you want a native integration, they haven't done it yet. So my e-commerce platform doesn't do it yet. Um, Shopify announced they're going to do it at the end of March. Like they're going to get theirs out there finally. So that just depends on, on where you're at. And then there's other things like integrating with your app, um, tracking other types of monetization that I'm still figuring out how I feel about that, like publisher ads, is that, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to get that set up. I think you have, have to integrate with Google's publisher platform. Um, other things, you know, those are things that I haven't really had a chance to unlock yet. And so, um, you know, what I would say is look at the new interface, sort of dream what it could be like if you did it in a way that made sense to you and then have your team put those a- action items in place. There's an experienced podcaster saying whatever year you're living in, understanding that some people listen to podcast episodes, which may have been published many years ago. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Bree. Um, Bree, um, migration tips. What, what migration tips would you like to share? So so repeating back what Jeff said, the, the, the coolest thing about this that most people probably wouldn't find cool, but us as analysts find cool, is that you can really take this time to go, what do we actually need to collect? Like, what would be so helpful if we had information on this? And you can start collecting those things now. We have a fresh start, so you may as well use it as a fresh start. So I always tell people, the first thing you do, get the tag on the site, and then you start, then you put your conversions, and then you can do whatever kind of other events that you decide that you want to track. And a lot of it's really just, you know, sitting back down and going, okay, what do we actually need? Because again, these universal properties are years and years and years and years old. So you probably have a bunch of events. I mean, there are tons of people that have events that haven't been used in three years, right? Um, or events that weren't collecting data properly, et cetera, et cetera. So we, you really have a clean slate. So I, I would say definitely take advantage of that. Another thing that I tell people is, when you go uh, to set up in the admin section, click every little button in that property that property column because so many things are hidden in GA4. Google Signals is turned off by default. Um, so if you can turn it on, you know, talking to your legal team, if you can turn it on, you'll find that in the properties section. If you need to uh, filter out certain IP addresses, that can be found in the property section. If you want to change your data retention from two months to 14 months, that's found in the property section in admin, right? So I just tell people, touch every single one of those things because there's a lot setup wise that needs to be done there that you would never know unless you just went through every single one of those things. Some of them you'll never use and that's fine, but there's a lot of things hidden out of the box that you'll want to go in there and change. And Jill, what are your thoughts on migration? Similar to what Bree said, I think some of the boring bits are the configuration cog. Nobody likes having a look at that. It's like looking at an engine and being like, yeah, so what? Um, That's really important though, because those settings can have a big impact on the output, the reports you look at. But when it comes to the migrations, your the success of your migration plan is going to hinder on the events that you're tracking because it's a user and an event-driven model. So if we remember that there are, in my head, four 
parent categories, you've got the auto collected, which comes with the configuration tag. You've got the enhanced measurement, which Jeff's talked about already. You then have recommended, which is Google saying, hey, if you're going to be doing forms or logging in or purchases, we've got some predefined names we'd like you to use. And anything that doesn't fit in the previous three is a custom event or a custom parameter. Now, if we think of these four parent categories of having event DNA, one event name up to 25 parameters in this Helix string. There is a concept in GA4, which took me a couple of reads when I first got into it, the creating an event from an unevent. Um, it feels a bit meta and it is a bit meta. When you look at your reports, it will have the event total and then all the parameters that are nested under that event is going to be bundled into there. Now, for most people, the actual insights is by isolating a particular parameter. So for, for me, I'm going, that is creating a child. And how do you take that? Well, I take the DNA from the parent. So going through a, a customer's website and just starting to do some sense checking from the home page to your money pages and then highlighting them and saying, these actions that we want to track which parent do they get bucketed in and do I need to create a child? An example of that could be page views. You don't want to be looking and marking page view as an event conversion. It might be a thank you page. So you'd go into admin, create a child where you say, I'd like to have a new GA4 event. This baby is going to be called thank you. And when the event name equals page view and the page location equals forward slash thank you, have the baby and then it will appear in the interface and you can mark it as a conversion. So most of the migration is just, as Jeff said, the clean slate to go, what are the important data points, the things we need for this data story? And how do I how do I track it? And I color code it to make it easier to go, look, the first two out of the box. And as a little teaser as well, because I've, I've seen it on the, the Measure Slack channel by, I think, I'm going to say his name wrong. Um, I think it's Brian Calvos, something like that. Um, I think um, there is a new enhanced event coming called Content Views, which is pulling in all of your schema data. So you'll be able to look at your data and not just look at page views. You can pull in all that wonderful schema data that you're doing as well and, and build reports out of it. So there's a lot we can do with the auto and the enhanced. The recommended and custom, you need a good brief. Your dev team or your agency or the people that you hire, they're only as good as the brief. So having that brief to say, I need recommended events. I've got two forms. I've got a login. And when you know you've got that data, you can go ahead and create those child events. That's half of the job done. If you just say, can you turn it on, please? And I'd, I'd like the things. You're going to log into the reports and go, well, this is a bit naff. I don't get the data that I want. Because you have to think through which of these categories do I need and which children do I need to produce to make that data more meaningful. And that's just time. But it's worth it because the car, if we go back to my analogy of the car and the helicopter, um, the helicopter doesn't need everything that's in the car. My car's full of my kids' crappy sweets and raisins, raisins that get everywhere in the back seat. I don't want to transfer that to my brand new shiny helicopter on my new reports just because you had the data doesn't mean it was used and if nobody's using the data don't migrate it over that's just crap in crap out so it's it is a really good opportunity to um have that clean slate so that's been my kind of mental process of going through migrations to get what you need and dara do you encourage um seos to 
clean the raisins out of their cars. I just, <laughs> I just wrote down, I love that, I wrote down no raisins in GA4. I think that's a, a motto we all need to need to live by. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more with the, the clean slate approach. I think um, it's, it's the first chance we've had to let go of some of that baggage we've been collecting for the best part of 20 years. So, Let's let's get rid of that stuff that people aren't using anymore. Um, wh- just I just have um, one point to add, and actually I'm going to do a little shameless plug as well. We use uh, our own framework called Pivot to help our clients migrate over to to Geo- GA4. It's a it's a five step process. Um, but w- one thing I just wanted to add to what um, I also agree with what Bree said about you know turning things on as long as they're not harmful even if you don't plan to use them because you might use them further down the line. And one um, thing I'd add to that is setting up the BigQuery export because unlike um, with the 360 uh, universal BigQuery export where they'll backdate it once you set it up, they don't do that with GA4. So if you're even if you're not actively planning to use BigQuery straight away, when you do want it, you're going to want to have that data collected. So there's not really any reason not to set that up straight away. And that's something we've seen a lot of people don't do because they don't realize they need to do it. So that's just one little added extra, I would add. Let's finish off by asking everyone to share just one final tip. And um, how about thinking about what SEOs need to do in terms of having conversations with other people within their organizations, with other perhaps marketing teams in there as well, or also perhaps with other platforms that are actively relying, relying on analytics data, maybe tools like Google Ads, for example. Um, so, so Jeff, what are your thoughts about um, what other conversations SEOs need to be having with other teams about other tools potentially? Yeah, so in some ways the platform feels like a step backwards. I've already mentioned that, but it's because you need to plan more. So I've been saying for a long time that GA4 is an analyst tool and Universal Analytics was a marketer's tool. And so we loved it because we had the data in our hands and it was, and nobody really cared about it all that much. So we could get to what we needed. We could hack around with it and we could play with it. And it was for marketers, by marketers. Um, It is changing right now, but also part of it is that as we grow up and, and what our tastes, our tastes change too. And we need some of these things and we want some of the structure and everything. So GA4 is the, it's way more flexible than universal was. You can completely change the interface to match whatever you want to. I've recreated universal analytics in GA4. I've recreated my strategy framework in GA4. It's just been awesome. And, and you can do that and you can share it. Um, you can build cool reports. The, the exploration reports are awesome once you get used to them, but it does take time to get used to it. So there is a higher learning curve, but once you learn it, you can just do things so much faster. The time saved is, is insane. Now, as far as integrations go, we're at a weird point where the Google integrations were rolled out fast and furious. They're all out there. They connect and, and it's arguably every Google integration, but Google ads is better or parity with the previous Google integrations. So there's more products and there's better features. The Google ads ones aside, they're not as good. They're, they're, they're light, a light version. Um, but third parties have not done a very good job um, of doing the integrations because Google hasn't allowed them to. So like, for example, I really loved Keyword Hero in Universal Analytics because it would take your search console and give you an estimate of keywords and put it back in there. They're not, that, that doesn't work right now with GA4 because there's no, it's not possible. I've talked with a lot of call tracking solutions. and like, yeah, we'd love to, to post calls as conversions in GA4, but they don't let us yet. It's not, it's not, it's not possible to do that yet. So I think that 
Google's been protecting their own house and doing everything inside really well. I think the external part is going to take even longer to catch up, and it might not even be until after July 1 that we start seeing integrations. The other thing is um, a lot of people have been burned in the past with their integrations with Google. I've seen people build entire apps off of Google Analytics data and then have it taken away and, and the rug swept out from under them. So I think people are pretty gun shy right now as to whether they'd want to even mess around with developing on this ecosystem. So I'm not sure what's going to emerge from this. I'm hopeful that people will have a new fresh perspective. I think the big players will do it because they need to and they have the user base. They'll integrate, they'll pull in data. Um, but I'm not sure how the regular Joes are going to do it at this point. Dara, um, I'm going to come to you because I feel that I've been picking on you by asking you to go last and uh, having to come up with something different and uh, everyone else has shared their wonderful advice beforehand. So I thought thought it was fair to come to you first, actually, or uh, next after Jeff. Um, So what are your thoughts on uh, a more holistic success story with GA4? I I think one thing I'd advise people is to not get too too bogged down in the comparisons against Universal because it's like when you've been in the past when people would try and compare analytics to Google Ads data or to the CRM, you're always going to come up short. Um, So I'd say that the fact is people have no choice. GA4 is going to become the reality and the only reality from 1st of July. So obviously there needs to be a a kind of common understanding of what uh, data is being reported on now going forward versus what was used with universal but i see people get very bogged down in comparisons that aren't even necessarily that meaningful you know comparing metrics that maybe only a subset of people in the organization are using anyway and arguably shouldn't be using you know this is going back to the bounce rate point again and um, there's a lot of metrics that that maybe people spend far too much time thinking about that aren't actually going to going to achieve anything so i'd say ga4 for anyone continuing to use ga that's going to be the the, you know that is that is it um the choice has been taken away so don't get too bogged down in comparing against universal obviously if you've been tracking in parallel for a period of time then you've had that time to kind of adjust to the fact that there are differences and gradually move the business over to to understanding those differences but i don't think it's something people need to overly worry about i think it's very easy get get lost in the detail but actually as long as you have an understanding of those key conversions and what the data is being used for then um it, it shouldn't really be a reason for for too many problems and joe anything you'd like to add about making the move to ga4 success in an organization one problem that i found with quite a lot of migration so we we did all the things and everything was tracking and because some people are still doing the parallel where they've got ua and ga4 and we can see the difference between the two they were logging into their traffic acquisition report and the majority of traffic was set to direct and everybody's like oh that doesn't make any sense universal's got organic and seo why is 90 odd percent of our traffic coming into direct one of the problems that you might have and again this is probably down to The fact that not everybody has improved their integrations with GA4 is your consent management platform, those cookie banners that you have. I've seen this with a lot of well-known e-commerce platforms where they have a cookie banner. And what happens is the user lands on the website, UA activates and fires, and the user consents and says, yes, I'm quite happy, you know, track away. But because the page load has already occurred, the GA4 one hasn't happened yet. And then when they start navigating around, when GA4 starts collecting data, 
all of the information about where that user came from gets bundled into not set, which is why everything gets thrown into direct. And there was nothing wrong with their collection and configuration. It was their consent management platform. So it was getting teams to talk to other teams on the website project to go, well, who who is in charge of our consent manager platform? Have we got it firing properly to work? It works with UA. Can we get it to work with GA4? And not everybody is kind of adapted to that. And squeezing in the little benefit of getting consent mode working as well, because that's going to activate um, what Dara was talking about with the machine learning. You need to connect those dots together to make sure that you're collecting information legally and lawfully. But this has been a, a common problem that I've seen where everything's going into direct and people are like, why is this happening? I'm like, it's your cookie banner. Um, and I do have a shameless plug where I've, I've actually spoke to the delightful Michael Patton at Launch Online for about half an hour where he walks through an example of how you can check if this is a problem for you um so i'll give you a, a link for that to put in the show notes but that is something that you might not think of in terms of integrations but something that can really mess up your ability to prove that your organic is doing something so um that would be my top tip for that and last but absolutely not least um over to brie brie what are your final thoughts on ga4 yeah i mean listen the thing about GA4 is it's given us access to, you know, the super sporty car. We You get things like anomaly detection that you can set up very specifically for very specific metrics um, and just all sorts of tools that, that integration with BigQuery. There's, there's so many things that we can do in GA4. The problem is you have to get comfortable with being messy and messing things up and learning and um, being comfortable not knowing. Uh, I think the reality of it is, like everyone has said so far, uh, the famous quote, comparison is the thief of joy. If you continue to go, well, in universal analytics, the reality is, well, in universal analytics, there's nothing as of July 1. So we have to start, you know, stop being afraid, take a deep breath, spend 10 to 15 minutes in GA4 every day, trying to get yourself to be comfortable in the platform. And then you can really, you'll start to uncover little things that are like, oh, wow, that's actually so much better. Or man, I wish this was a little bit different. You're probably running into more of those. But over time, you'll see, I mean, when we all started using the platform, there was no landing page report. And it's like, what the heck? What is this? Um, But then it, it did end up coming to the platform i think you'll you'll see that you you might make notes of some of these things that you wish you had and hopefully over time you'll see some of those problems resolved and it'll just be a little glimmer of hope for you but the biggest thing is just get comfortable being uncomfortable for a little bit and let universal go if you love it let it go um and and just start charging forward to to ga4 Bree, jeff Dara, Joe, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. Hold up. 